Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, this is Steve Silver with Silver Screen Videos, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. You are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got some more Touristic U Chronicles. All right, they find some brain implants, and uh, they power a special military vessel. And that military vessel is located on Earth, which is basically where all the people who are trying to kill them are located. <laughs> so, uh, let's go ahead and just pick it up from there. Between what they scored from the Dwarf Planet and what they saved from free resupplies, Cal decided to purchase false identities for the whole crew. The ones they had purchased a few jobs after their first escape from prison were already building a criminal history. If they were going to plan a major heist, Cal wanted to be done on clean identities. The best way to test new fakes was by giving the crew some much-needed rest on a Moffat. An Earth-based company ran the Moffat Industries Entertainment Class Pleasure Stations, which prided themselves on offering anything a lonely space traveler could want. Since Moffats were already carefully located outside a solar system in interstellar space, they weren't subject to local law. Moffats had a saying, whatever happens at a Moffat stays on a Moffat. Since Terisicu's soldiers usually had long tours of duties, they were always full of off-duty humans. Had their new identities been unclean, there would be plenty of soldiers to arrest them as well as plenty of escape routes and plenty of officials to bribe their way off the station. Moffats may be Earth-controlled, but soldiers didn't have free reign like they did on her homeworld. The new IDs work flawlessly and her crew sunk into the mindless debauchery with their share of the Marauder's cash they had stolen. While Cal didn't want to speculate, on the acts her crew did during shore leave, she decided to spend most of her time with relaxation therapies and reading in her hotel room. When she would become too nervous or pensive about the Touristicue implants hidden under their floor panels in her cargo bay, 
She did virtual adventures in the immersive arcade. She picked the most strenuous activities she could find to keep her muscles fit and tone. She climbed a large cliff on Earth. It was a barren desert landscape. The view was quite breathtaking because she could see for miles and miles. She grew up in the forest and didn't often get to see grand vistas. The simulated Earth was much different than she expected. There were no population or man-made structures in the desert. She heard rumors that the cities on Earth, the real Earth that is, were as large as mountains with skyscrapers reaching up into the upper atmosphere. Hayden later confirmed that her suspicion that the simulated rock-climbing experience like she used was called Vintage Earth. Often, natural Earth experiences were all simulated from the early 2000s Earth before climate had turned the planet into a different place that required human intervention to maintain the natural world. One night, when she had her fill of spas, books, and immersive arcades, she wandered down to the casino deck. Most of her crew participated in games of chance in an attempt to pad their earnings. Sometimes they were successful, more often than not, they were not. They said it was for the thrill of it all when their earnings ran dry. Cal thought a low orbit jump fit her definition of thrilling, but she learned that the crew needed to be their own people. She never set limits on shore leave, with the exception that they should be able to pass a tox screen when they returned to the ship. When she entered the casino, the room was vibrant and wild. There were machines and lights and the sounds of coins clattering into metal collection tins. While cash had disappeared long time ago, gambling establishments still used poker chips, tokens, and casino-branded money in exchange for coin chips. There was a psychological effect of holding money, hearing the clatter, and seeing the piles of chips some players had accumulated. After exchanging some of her coin chips for casino chips, she meandered to the card games and attempted to decide which one she wanted to play. There are all sorts of games from Earth, ranging from a, a variety of card games to slot machines, as well as more alien ones from other worlds. There was one with several fish swimming in a tube, with a mix of humans and aliens cheering on the fish. Another involved a tree with several mystery compartments. A squid-like creature pressed several colored pads. If a species in the known galaxy had a way to gamble, leave it to a Moffat to figure out a way to put it in their casinos. Cal saw Hayden at a table with a green felt cloth and several circles for bets. It was an old Earth card game called Blackjack. Hayden saw her and offered her an empty seat next to his. It seemed like a good time as any to educate herself about Earth culture. You finally decided to join the dregs at the bottom of the station, Hayden said as Cal took her seat. The casino was at the lowest level of every station, right above the spaceport. To get to other guest services, a traveler would always have to walk through the casino. It was an old Earth trick to get people just staying the night to play a hand or two. In most situations, you could dock anywhere there was a hatch, and in Moffat's, there were secure hangars at the bottom and patrolled shipyard with free shuttles for larger ships. Moffat private security was some of the best, second only to the tourist accused themselves. Due to the weapons ban and the tight security, even high-profile people felt safe at a Moffat. Also, a human law required a warrant to collect DNA samples, so she wouldn't have to worry about things like 
the DNA lock on her hotel door, or the retinal scan when she acquired gambling chips and so forth. While humans seemed to bend laws like warrants on some frontier worlds, Moffats had high standards to uphold, and even the Tristigu soldiers had to be on their best behavior. If I wanted to join the dregs, I'd follow Seular to the Pleasure Dome, Cal said and she sat down. Seular spent most of his earnings on his sexual fetishes, which were too numerous and too weird to even think about. The other part he spent on was drugs to keep him active and awake engaged during those encounters. Despite his recreational activities, he'd always come back clear on the tox screen, if not a little sluggish from the sleep deprivation. <laughs> Gross. I don't even want to think what that guy does, Hayden said. You human humans are so squeamish about reproductive behaviors, Cal said. On Nigromoto, we do not shelter our young. We learn reproductive value as well as pleasure value. It's a simple act of beauty. <laughs> well, I guess you have to be human to understand. Well, you're, you're half-human at any rate, Hayden said. Cal could tell that he was slightly intoxicated from the alcoholic drinks. A cocktail waitress with skinny dress, furry ears, and a deep blue tail poking out from her silver skirt came by with a tray. She put down a brown carbonated drink by Hayden, a couple of pills next to a large-eyed creature in a brown jacket, and gave a vial of something shimmering to a species that looked like animated water. The waitress turned towards Cal and said, What will it be? Uh, I'll have what he's having, Cal said, unsure of the pills and the vial given to the others. She pulled out her coin chip and the waitress waved her way. Your recreational substances are free when you gamble. I'll be back with your rum and coke. The shimmering creature popped the cork from the vial and the liquid floated up in little yellow droplets. The creature sucked the droplet from the air and placed a chip in the circle on the felt table. The one in the brown jacket took a pill and did the same. Hayden nodded and placed a bet. They all gambled for a while. She won some hands and lost some others. She did well in a double down when she placed an unusually high bet. Overall, she was ahead for the night. Even though Moffats would take their money back in the end in form of immersive arcades and spa treatments, her body felt warm from the alcohol, and for a night, she forgot about the crate and the screams of her village. She shared her room with Hayden, and he was happy to forget about his losses at the table. So what do you mean it's located on Earth? Siular yelped. He stood in the mess hall table and began to pace. The others looked at each other nervously. According to our best estimates, the and the data Hayden procured, Maker said, the ship is located on Earth. You can count me out, Siular said. Yeah, me too. You, you haven't even heard our plan yet, Hayden said. What plan could there be? They will kill everyone but you just for not being a Tristigu, Siulari yelled. They don't kill aliens on sight, Hayden said. Unlike the rumors you may have heard, Earth is not a, the bad place in the galaxy makes it out to be. Sure, I may not agree with whatever policy, but what if we are recognized? What then? Earth's an overpopulated planet. The chances of you running into... But what if they stop us on the street? Our ident chips seem to have held up so far. Even on Earth, the authorities don't scan DNA unless prompted by an investigation. The Turisticus may have questionable practices on other planets, but on their home world, I assure you, it's quite different. Humans live in the oppression of other worlds, not their populace, Maker said. Okay, fine. Let's say we steal the ship. How do you get it out of the solar system without every Turisticu in the in the solar system coming to hunt us down? Celar calmed down, well, somewhat. Hayden pounded on the mess hall table. 
That's exactly the beauty of it. I've been reading about the ship's system for weeks now. The fastest vessel in the fleet has a top speed of a hundred years. Impressive, Granork said. Impressive, Hayden said. That shit your pants impressive. Nothing has ever traveled that fast. But what about the acceleration? Maneuverability weapons, Hafnall said. Top speed is meaningless if Earth Defense Network can blow us out of the sky before we have a chance to get to cruising speed. It outmaneuvers, outaccelerates, out everything's every other ship in the fleet. This is ship is the best piece of hardware I've ever seen. Trust me, I was a UPE soldier and I got training on everything. Even more reason why they don't give up without a fight, Celara said. Why not have Hayden pilot it remotely? He's connected to the ship, Granork said. I've been practicing on a training simulation that I found. Thought-controlled flight is pretty different, but I'm starting to get the hang of it, Hayden said. A person needs to be in proximity of the ship to access the vital systems. It's one of the fail-safes built into the ship. For the occasion, the implants should fall in the wrong hands. The user needs to be authenticated physically by being near the ship before the remote functions will work, Maker said. So you're saying Hayden has to be on board before we can take off? Celar said. All of us need to be on board, Cal said. Once we leave Earth, we aren't coming back anytime soon, so that means we may not have time to pick up the Citronite. What about the hangar? What do we know about where it's being stored? Granark said. Very little, Maker said. From the test flight data, we know it's located somewhere in North America. However, the exact location is a mystery because they usually stop logging the flight data once the ship enters the atmosphere. However, I devised a way to track it down using three implanted individuals. Three? You want us to get one of those things too? Celular yelped. I must remind you that everyone will need one anyway if we do end up stealing the ship, but I can understand your reservations considering what happened to Hayden. That thing nearly killed him! I may have understated the pain involved, after all it is installing on a live host, but kill is hardly an appropriate choice of words. Enough, Cal said. I don't need to explain what a ship like this could do for us. However, without risk, there's no reward. We've been doing small jobs and barely getting by. The question before us now is whether we want to continue to think small or take ourselves up to the next level. We'll make an enemy of the Touristicue, Hathnall said. What mercs aren't an enemy of the Touristicue? Hell, what independent planets aren't either, Hayden said. I'm in, Granork said after some thought. May the seas run red with the blood of our enemies. The captain has never steered us wrong before, Hayden said. They all chimed in with their support. Even Seelar voted to go to Earth once he saw the rest of the queue wanted to do it. She almost wished Hayden never gave her his vote of confidence. While she was sure about her people, she had seen her crew work, and what one lacked another would provide in abundance. The part that made her falter was herself. She wasn't sure that she had earned the confidence they had in her. However, if there was one skill she had in abundance, it was the ability to look confident, even though doubt was nagging at her. Alright, that is some more Touristicue Chronicles. Uh, come back next time, and if you are ever in a Moffat uh, space station, what happens in a Moffat stays in a Moffat. Just remember that. Alright, have a good night.